Hello everyone. This is Shreya Pathak and welcome to my podcast Setu Chakram. Today I'm going to start a new episode with a completely new theme. This theme is something which is not only relevant in the present time but it includes two major issues or you can say two major topics of history. First, it is related to historiography of the colonial India and second, it is also related to the history of epidemic in colonial India which is very relevant in the present pandemic times. So the exact topic is epidemic in colonial India mapping historical writings and imperial approach. History of science, medicine and technology is rapidly emerging and growing as a new branch of study since last 2-3 decades that catches interest of many historians of the present day. The present pandemic situation had made the historians to focus on one of the most important dimension of health and medicine and that is epidemic in colonial India. The profound study in this new emerging field resulted in many historical writings with new unearthed primary sources. These research studies are important not only from historical point of view but also to deeply understand the complexities of the contemporary political social economic scenario at national and international level both the purpose of this episode is to highlight the major colonial writings focusing particularly on epidemics and pandemic during colonial period and highlight the features of colonial writings during that period medicine and western science has always been an important tool to strengthen the stronghold of british imperialism in colonies with the emergence of history of science and technology as a new branch of study in research the issue of british public health policy and western medicine in colonial times has been one of the prominent subjects of historiography over the past 2-3 decades when it comes to public health and medicine epidemic is one of the sub theme that comes on the fore covering plethora of pages in the history books on this emerging branch of study The present pandemic scenario brought this subject on the fore prominently catching interest not only of the historians with expertise in this field but also of the common man who have interest to know about the history of epidemic and pandemic in India till independence not much study was conducted on this subject for the very obvious reason that the relevant documents were not accessible to the scholars and the work includes mainly what was released by the british government through various reports statistics census official documents gazetteer etc and all these documents shows the imperial picture of the benevolent administration by the so called civilized people of the white superior race when british stepped as traders india was already having a well established two indigenous medicine system one was ayurveda the ancient most system that is being practiced in india since centuries with its continuity in the present time and the other was the yunani system that was introduced by arabs in 14th 15th century the ancient system is based on great works of antiquity in sanskrit by charak and sushrut who wrote charak samhita and sushrut samhita respectively the system was so advanced in those times that it included the branch of studies like surgery ent pediatrics antidotes psychiatry etc 
in the next segment we'll be talking about the important features of the colonial writings and in the further segments we'll be talking about different colonial writings in each segment we'll pick up each writing by different different either historians or other authorities In this segment we will be discussing on common features seen generally in most of the colonial writings related to epidemic history in colonial India but before getting into that it is imperative to keep in mind two points what are those two points first that most of the early writers in colonial writing includes medical professionals and administrative authorities as government reports data documents all these things were easily accessible to them only and that was very important to write anything on epidemic history secondly if we go through the history of western medicine in india we will see that all the medical professionals were commissioned army officials who were trained for india with an imprint as it was mentioned by mills history of british india and mills history of british india condemn anything and everything that was indigenous so with these two points in mind let's now talk about the features of the colonial writings related to epidemic when we see these features we see mostly five common features the colonial approach observed in most of these english writings had few highlighted features the first it includes demeaning the indigenous medicine system in india be it ayurveda which was being practiced since centuries during the ancient time period or the yunani system which entered india in the 1415th century with the arabs second to establish through various research and writings several etiological and predisposing factors as a main cause of origin spread and severity of epidemics and thus trying to absolve the british administration from all the responsibility and accountability related to so much frequent occurrence of epidemics in india during the colonial period third is to prove the advancement of western medicine as the only way of cure through medicine and vaccination and thus trying to promote the western medicine system which was a tool of colonialism for them fourth is to minimize the general feeling of resentment and resistance among the masses against the british dealing with the epidemic situation combating measures interventions policies and strategies the fifth and the final feature is to improve the international image of the british as the best power who were marching well on the way of civilizing mission so these are the five common features that we see in most of the colonial writings you pick up any of the writings related to epidemic in colonial period you will see that all these things are there in the mind of the author and with these points in mind they are writing the history of epidemic and pandemic in colonial india and it is with this reason that i have already mentioned the two important points that 
one has to keep in mind before trying to understand the colonial writings related to the epidemic times that all these writers were either medical professionals or administrative professionals who were having an imprint of mills india where everything indigenous was being condemned where a superiority at the feeling of yeah, superiority racial superiority was being established in the mind so these medical professionals who were commissioned officers of the army they were coming in india with military considerations and they were doing each and everything with those things in mind so their writing always were full of these important features and it was on the framework of these features that all the colonial writings were written in the next segment we'll be talking about one of the writing in this episode i will take total 5 colonial writings written during different time periods that talk about the history of epidemic and each of the writing will be taken up in different different segments as mentioned in the previous segment most of the early colonial writings on epidemic was written either by medical professionals or administrative authorities the first colonial writing that i'm going to take here is written by james annesley published in 1855 but before knowing about the title of the book and what is written with what approach this book has been written it is important to know about the author As E H Carr says that if you want to know the book first know the author and if you want to know the author first know the year of publication so with the same approach we'll start understanding this book here and with this thing in mind i would like to first introduce and tell you in brief about the author who james annesley was he was an in charge of general hospital in madras from 1819 to 1823 and this position provided him ample time and resources to conduct number of research on diseases in india in different circumstances there are number of writings that james annesley has written on diseases in india and if you go through all these writings you'll see that most of these writings are focused on madras presidency and it was only because of this position The title of the book that I am going to take up here is Researches into the Causes, Nature and Treatment to the More Prevalent Diseases of India and of Warm Climates Generally. This title is quite long like a sentence. So the title itself says a lot about the conclusion of the book and the approach with which the book is written. Why I am saying so? I'll repeat the title again. Researches into the causes, nature, treatment of the more prevalent diseases of India and of warm climates generally. The title says more prevalent diseases in India. Firstly, it is quite evident that the author is trying to say that these diseases were quite common in India. And secondly, he is trying to establish a relation between these prevalent diseases and the warm climates. So when you go through these writings you will see all these things. This book includes Annesley's study of climates of India and its relation with the diseases and epidemics. 
According to him, places of warm climates that are subjected to inundations or say marshy lands were observed with insalubrities leading to outbreaks of pestilences. For him, marshy areas with warm climate were unequivocally the major cause of outbreak of fever like malaria and plague in India and that's how he tried to establish a relation between these two. His focus was more on predisposing causes of epidemics like soil, climate, temperature, cultivation, diet, etc. and throughout used all the available resources in conducting his research which was very easy available for him being a medical authority. And through this he tried to free the colonial government from all the accountabilities to respond to the frequent occurrences of epidemic situation and its severe spread in India. Well, this is not Annesley's first published work. He has written number of works even before that. The first was published in 1825. It was titled Sketches on the Most Prevalent Diseases of India. Second is A Treatise in the Epidemic Cholera of the East. Third, Statistical and Topographical Reports of the Diseases in Different Divisions of the Army under the Madras Presidency. Fourth, annual rate of mortality of the European troops. And fifth, practical observations on the effect of calomel in the elementary canal and on the diseases most prevalent in India. Well, it's quite boring to listen all these titles, but why I'm saying so, you will soon get to know about it. All these reports show the prevalence of certain diseases at different period of the year in each division of the army. It includes nature of climate and comparative effects of the diseases on Europeans and natives of the military class and exposed to similar vicissitudes. What could have been the purpose of these research work can be envisaged from the fact that how these European medical professionals and military surgeons were using the dead bodies of the Indians in the battlefield for the studies of morbid anatomy. They were using the dead bodies of the Indians and doing all their research of morbid anatomy. And this could be easily done by military surgeons. And what I'm saying is clearly mentioned by Annesley in his book. I would like to quote unquote here. There is no class of practitioner who have more ample means of advancing our knowledge of disease than military surgeons in India. They have complete control over their patients and the new remedies and means of treatment may be employed and post-mortem examinations may always be made by them without restrictions. Strange, this is what these civilized mission people were doing in India. For them, Indians were nothing more than a laboratory for their own scientific research studies that they used in West for the development of the Western medicine system. This issue was raised by Mark Harrison. He's a very renowned medical historian and he has wrote a detailed research paper on this issue where he duped this as racial pathologies. And the strange thing that you will get to know about this author that after writing all these, he was rewarded for using his potential knowledge and professional skills in fulfilling the imperial goals of the authorities sitting in London. 
and that's why in 1929 he was appointed as acting member of the medical board which was the highest authority for any medical professional the purpose of appointing him was to examine his previous medical research and so subsequently he submitted 12 volumes of digest all on medical research which he had done in india anisle was not only appreciated in words but a minute was also passed in his appreciation by the medical board and this was sent to court of directors along with the volumes after which the court awarded him rupees of 5000 that was quite a high amount in those years so this is what the approach was with which the history of epidemic in india was written in that book with this in the next segment i will be talking about an official report indian leprosy commission published in 1893 in this segment we'll be discussing on another colonial writing on epidemic this was prepared by indian leprosy commission in 1893 It was prepared by three commissioner members though this commission was established to study leprosy but there are few things related to epidemic which are mentioned in this report and so I have taken this report as one of the important colonial writing There were three commissioner members and all were upper echelon medical professionals Major Thompson Drs Beerick and G Bookmaster These professionals focused more on etiological factors of leprosy rather than clinical, administrative aspect, medical and public health policy of the Britishers. There is a tendency to seek out for some etiological factors for the cause spread and severity of disease and to make the British government completely free from the responsibility of maladministration and unresponsive public health policy. leading to epidemic in different parts of india for this they tried to establish relation between leper ratio with various factors on the basis of three census report the first is the report of 1867-72 another is 1881 and the third is of 1891 these etiological factors include geological formations climatic healthiness sanitary state meteorological condition hereditary contagion religion density of population poverty prosperity life habits of the population and many more for the commission members the increase in leper ratio per 10000 was too small compared to the total population that leprosy could not be stamped as quote unquote imperial danger It is so irony here because when you go through the report the same report states on the basis of those first two census that the population increased with the rate of 5% while the leper increase rate was at the rate of 22%. If we see the present WHO criteria it says that any disease that positivity rate where positivity rate is more than 5% is dangerous here the lepers increase rate was at the rate of 22% still for them it was not an imperial danger another important thing that i would like to 
point out here is the sharp decrease that we see in the ratio of lepers from the first to the second census is particularly witnessed in famine hit presidencies of madras and bombay it is because many of the lepers lost their lives due to severe famine and these famine again were recurring because of the british policy still for them it was not a imperial danger and to prove this point the members used cholera hit regions as barometer to measure the climatic healthiness and sanitary state of the area so that they could give a logical explanation of the high rate and the prevalence of leprosy in some regions like parts of bengal burdwan division lower and eastern bengal burma etc according to them the regions of the tracks where cholera was very regular in all seasons and was considered an endemic disease were unhealthy depending on various other factors and so the higher leper rate compared to other region or the tracts where cholera was not so phenomenal though enough data has been considered for this study still the hypothesis of relation between leprosy and factors like religion population density hereditary transmission contagion it could not be established as a reason for the spread of disease after which they tried to seek for other etiological factors like form of diet sanitary environment and concluded that it may not be a cause but bad hygienic surroundings deficient food poverty exposure to many diseases were factors that reduce the vitality of the people and render them more to susceptible to attack the report was supposed to study about the factors leading to cause and spread of disease but was completely silent on the medical infrastructure on government public health policy on responses of the people on role of the district administration on government strategies government interventions and so many other things as a government role in that was completely of silent spectator and nothing more than that in the next segment we'll be talking about the report of bombay plague committee if we want to know the official picture of government's epidemic policy then we must definitely consult the report of bombay plague committee which was appointed by the government to submit a complete detailed report of plague in bombay presidency and this was quite exhaustive of 250 pages published in 1898 according to this report one of the major cause of plague spread of plague is the movement of people which was mainly due to religious activities well it's a great irony here because the maximum movement of people in bombay was because of trade as bombay was one of the major trade center but they never talked about it because trade was something which was in the interest of the britishers and they tried to establish religion as the major cause of the spread of disease In order to understand the imperial approach towards people responses and the real reason behind the explicit manifestation of the discontentment through different roids two chapters of this report should be studied profoundly the fourth one and the fifth one the fourth chapter is entitled the people and the fifth chapter is entitled direct methods of combating plague 
The report deliberately attempted throughout to minimize the strong and general resentment among the people of Bombay as they could not negate it totally. And this was done by using deflating and light meaning phrases like irritation added to the uneasiness, feeling grew more sullen and hopeless. These were the very, you know, light words that were used by the British officers in order to express the people's resistance. And there were a number of riots that occurred, but they have not given that much space to those riots. In fact, as per the report, people generally accepted the necessity of plague measures only with occasional obstruction and few cases of assault that were of no general significance. If it was so, then why there were occurrences of people's protest and riot? Why the local officers noticed sudden cases of concealing death of family members? In fact, the report itself clearly mentions that people started opposing registration of death that was not opposed before. I would like to quote unquote here, Nevertheless, the past 10 months, the efforts to conceal plague cases and deaths, with the object of escaping house disinfection, segregation of contacts, and another other unavoidable uh, annoyances have been very successful and have to a great extent been due to the imperfect registration of the house of death. The indifferent approach with which mass discontentment was camouflaged could be envisaged by the fact that there was a riot in Bombay on 9th March 1897, but it was mentioned in not more than few lines with a very simple reason that there were inspection of corpses and restrictions in getting exit passes. This was just an immediate cause of the riot, but it was in reality a manifestation of the culminated resentment against the colonial plague policies. Epidemic Diseases Act 1897 was passed on 4th February, which handed over the government with unlimited legal weapon and on 10th, all the local authorities' power was immensely increased. The document related to the duties of district plague officers itself speaks that suffering and pains of the people. But the report nowhere mentioned about the protests as a result of those culminated resentment against the colonial policies and its implementation by the officers. And this is true as immediately after the riot of 9th March 1897, there was a change and relaxation in the government's policy. A circular was passed on 17th March 1898 to all the district plague officers, limiting plague operations after riots and instructions was given to all DPOs, district plague officers, for the implementation of a new policy. It is only because of the people's resentment that on 22nd March 1897, the plague policy was changed and new plague policy was appointed. Nevertheless, to say there was an obvious attempt to end any possible direct relation between the people's protest and British plague policy and any historical incident that makes this evident was either not given an iota of space in the report or was mentioned in a very light-weighted phrases with an indifferent attitude. This report gives scholars a complete picture of the way of working of local administration level and also provides all the important circulars, instructions and orders that were issued to the concerned officers. In the next segment, 
we'll be discussing on one travelogue related to epidemic the next colonial writing that i'm going to take in this segment is a travelogue entitled a traveler's study of health and empire it is written by francis freemantle and published in 1911 this book is an exhaustive description of author's 18 month long travel experiences in 1903 during epidemic times in india and it focuses more on the plague strike in punjab punjab was suffering plague epidemic since last 8 years started in 1896 when the author visited punjab the government had started a mass vaccination drive where mass inoculation was being done in punjab but the author has in detail described and mentioned about the indian masses strong resistance against this vaccination drive in spite of the fact that they were suffering epidemic times since last 8 years this clearly shows that the people had not an iota of faith on the british government and the western medicine the reason behind this is that people resistance was mainly because of the introduction of the western vaccination which replaced the eastern method of virulation that was totally negated If we see the writing of Fremantle we'll see that uh, there were few incidents due to which this mass vaccination drive was severely affected there was a fiasco in the village of Mukowal which he has mentioned in this book where he says that 19 people on a particular day were vaccinated and all those who were inoculated were died this completely obstructed the mass drive and uh, this fiasco resulted in a complete cease of the vaccination drive in punjab and later the government said see what the the way government is saying for the indian people who were dying because of plague the government said i quote and quote let the people die they look upon it only as a visitation of god we suffer no discredit and a policy of masterly inactivity is both easy and cheap the so called civilized government those who consider themselves to be of superior race those who consider themselves to know better about administration better about politics and were trying to legalize justify their rule in india were saying let the people die they were adopting a policy of masterly inactivity in the province where people were going through lot of pains and suffering since last 8 years because of plague epidemic and being the government of that province who was responsible to handle the things because of this epidemic outbreak there are more shocking things in this book when you'll read this book you would get to know that for them everything was a business and they used to trade with even the pains the suffering the death cries screams isolated lives scarcity and fear of the people 
and you will get to know that what i am saying is true if you go through the last concluding chapter of this book this chapter entitled health and british empire the practical conclusion carries the author is more and more open in this concluding chapter he says it seems to me best to approach the prevention of disease not so much from its humanitarian as from its economic point of view again the author is very open to say that the health policy the public health policy the epidemic policy was more focused from economic point of view rather than the humanitarian point for them financial matter was more emphasized rather than the humanitarian aspect of health and freemantle was open in the last pages about the real purpose behind writing this book and he wrote these lines i quote and quote here it has been the aim of this book as of the travels on which it was based to prove that health was a matter of business efficiency in imperial welfare i think that this sentence in itself says a lot about the colonial writings and the epidemic history in colonial india in the next segment we'll be talking about imperial caesarea an important source related to colonial period history another important document this is that is generally consulted to see the official approach in case of epidemic in colonial india is the imperial gazetteer definitely it was written under his her majesty so definitely it talks about the official approach here the book that i am going through and i have consulted is volume 4 that was published in 1909 and in this volume there is a chapter completely dedicated to medical public health policy which deals with epidemic vaccination medical infrastructure medical education institution and so many other things if we talk about the epidemic this report clearly mentions that the major cause of the epidemic outbreak in india was enormous religious assemblages that were held periodically in different places throughout india and the movement because of these assemblages was a major source of spread of epidemic disease but this does not mention anywhere the government's failure to contain the spread and to control the fatality rate The whole report boastfully mentions about the successful vaccination drive and it says that the vaccination increased from 27 per 1000 in 1880-81 to 35 in 1902-03. But it did not mention the reason behind this race. Well, if we talk on facts, then vaccination was invented in 1802. and from 1802 till 1880 if we see the total number of vaccination it was very low it was very less this shows that there was lot of resistance the rise in the number of vaccination that we see is only after 1880 and it is mainly because of the reason that an act was passed in bengal in 1880 that makes mandatory for all to get vaccinated who are living in cantonment and municipality areas 
first it was started as an experiment in cantonment and municipality areas later it was this same type of act was extended even to other territories of india so it is because of these legal compulsions that people were getting vaccinated they were being forced to get vaccinated there are so much incessant writing of the english writers with colonial approach where we see demeaning of the indigenous medicine system an appraising of the british image where they tried to establish an image of a civilized super global power it was definitely retaliated by indian writers well there are number of indian writers and particularly we see number of such writings in the last two decades of the 20th century until now many of the books have been written but if we talk about the colonial period i would just like to give a brief mention of two major books that were written by indians first is a diary of mirza irfan ali beg it was entitled pilgrimage to makka he was a deputy collector in manpuri and he has written a book that tells about his pilgrimage to makka and in that he had mentioned lots and lots of pains and suffering that any muslim had to face during the pilgrimage time even a lot of heavy tax was being taken in the name of pilgrimage from these people the second book is a short history of aryan medical science It is written by His Highness Sir Bhagwat Samhaji Maharaja of Gondal and published in 1927 It talks about the conflicting interest of the western and the indigenous medicine system and this work does not describe anything about epidemic and pandemic in India in India let me let me make it very clear but what makes it inevitable for me to mention this work here is the elaborate way in which it narrates the complete history of the medical science in india and established its antiquity and advancement level that was unmatched globally in its contemporary times he mentioned the ancient medical system practices and uh, he also in the last chapter talks about the conflict that was there between the medical and the western system and concluded that we should take the best from both the medical system and try to improve and progress lastly i would like to conclude with few lines the colonial writings endeavored to establish epidemic as a phenomena in india mainly due to climatic and unhygienic living and absolved the british administration completely from the responsibility of the origin and spread of these diseases as if these so called political administrative superior power was not at all accountable to what was happening in the colonies under the direct rule this theory was not only saving british international image but was also supporting the civilizing mission of the british and the white man's burden theory the colonial approach was focused on legitimizing all that was illegitimate under any civilized political administrative structure during epidemic times whether it be easily available dead bodies of the indians during the war and epidemic times for morbid anatomy study forceful isolation of diseased without family's consent unleashed power to district administrators bulldozing the homes of infectious family leaving them shelterless homeless 
even striking out the names of the starving homeless in the camps from the list of food takers who failed to attain the eligibility of getting food during calamity as their skeleton bodies could not provide the labor in lieu the british administrative exigencies and coercive methods was nowhere mentioned in these colonial writings but it was aptly put by one of the medical historian particularly in the field of epidemic history i would like to quote and quote here and with these lines i would like to end this episode on colonial history of uh, india and the colonial writings i quote and quote here as a direct result of british policies of compulsory settlement and monetizations tens of thousands of people became demoralized hunger weakened wrecks whose inner organs seemed incapable of generating the acids and alkali needed in time of emergency to fight off the cholera viper with these lines of sheldon watts i put an end to this episode